Today on Watching Your Wealth, alternative investments the wealthy are eyeing. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. I'm Veronica Dagger. Paul Pagnato is a financial advisor and founder of Pagnato Carp. Welcome, Paul. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So, Paul, first you say the investments we're going to be talking about today are for accredited investors, and those are folks with a net worth of at least $1 million, excluding the value of their primary residence, or have income of at least $200,000 each year for the last two years. Um, So I I just want to say that first. And you said one of the things that the wealthier are looking at is recession-resilient real estate. And so I'd love for you to give us an example or two. You bet. You know, with interest rates being so low, 30-year treasuries under 3%, the 10-year treasuries just over 2%, they're really searching for cash flow and yield. And private real estate investments that fall under the, the radar of a, of a large REIT, like a Boston Properties, that are in niche markets, are able to provide some of that cash flow for them. For example, student housing. The housing facilities at the universities throughout our country, they're getting they're overpopulated. And with the student enrollments up year in and year over, the housing demands have just outstripped what the universities are able to provide. So for someone going to school now, they're guaranteed, in most cases, their first year, their freshman year housing. After that, they're on their own. And so student housing is a very recession-resilient uh, way to be able to play that. Um, even if the market's going up or down, the students are still needing the housing and still going to school. Now, how would you invest in that through a real estate investment trust or a REIT, or do you inv- is there companies specific companies? Yeah, this would be going into uh, a, an LP, a limited partnership. So it'd be a, a private investment. There are a number of them that focus on student housing and self storage and medical facilities, and. Um, by going into an LP, there are some very tax-advantageous properties to that. So, for example, they, most of these throw off around 9% cash flow. When you receive the cash flow, that's being a return of capital to you. So the actual taxes you pay don't are incurred until the fund returns their, the, the capital to you at the end of the term, which is three to four years. I see. And so I would think, you know, although that, that's very advantageous, I would think also a risk with that is that your money is tied up for the, that three to four years. That's exactly right. So it is illiquid. It's tied up for three to four years. And in return for that, we call it illiquidity premium. In return for that illiquidity premium, you're going to receive a 9% cash flow plus hopefully some additional appreciation from the real estate itself. What kind of fees are associated with an investment like this, would you say? Yeah, they uh, are the classic uh, with private investments. It's a 2% management fee and a 20% success fee. So it is different than investing in, a, in an ETF or a mutual fund. So it's pretty steep indeed. Um, what else, what other, other sort of advantages or risks should we be thinking about with this kind of uh, real estate? Well, some of the advantages are they're not tied to the stock market. So the stock market could be going up or down. It's really independent returns of the uh, of the stock market. And the objective of these investments is a, a double-digit uh, return. The, the risks are liquidity. 
Um, they do have higher investment uh, management fees. So it, it's really important that an investor has a long-term time horizon. And what uh, percentage of a portfolio do you see people typically having in this type of real estate? Anywhere from 2 to 5% of a portfolio. Again, assuming the investor is an accredited investor and they can tie their money up for that period of time. Now, you said another investment uh, the wealthy are looking at right now is farmland. Tell us about that. Yeah, so a lot of people don't realize that um, the United States is the low-cost producer of farmland in the world. And one of the reasons for that is uh, technology and the advancement in machinery. The individuals running a lot of these farms now are actual Harvard MBAs. And one of the advantages the United States has versus some of the emerging markets like China or Brazil is once the crop is harvested, the efficiency of putting it onto uh, the transportation system, whether it's a, a railroad, et cetera, or trucking, it's just much more efficient. The, the areas like China and Brazil just do not have that infrastructure built. So um, you know, investors are able to you know, receive a 5 6% cash flow with the goal of, of again, a double-digit return um, over time. Now, are you investing – do you actually own the physical farmland? So um, we advise to diversify um, and go into a, a limited partnership so that uh, you're owning a number of different farmlands. So you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. And this, the farmland's all over the United States, you said, uh, different regions? It is. Um, the largest concentration is in the Midwest, in, in the heartland. Makes sense. Um, in terms of risk, again, the illiquidity, I think, would be a big drawback to this. Yes, similar risks as to the private real estate, the student housing. So it's it's illiquidity. Um, so you really need to have uh, the mindset that uh, you know your money is going to be tied up for a, for a three to five year uh, time period. Makes That's sense. the main risk. Got it. Thanks so much, Paul. Would you stick around and take our fun financial quiz? You bet. All right. You stick around too. Join the Wall Street Journal at the Future of Everything Festival on May 21st to 23rd in New York City, where diverse global newsmakers share unique perspectives on navigating a changing world. Immerse yourself in live performances, explore pioneering technologies, and indulge in the city's inventive culinary scene. As a podcast listener, enjoy 20% off current ticket rates with code PODCAST. Visit wsj.com slash f-o-e-f podcast to secure your spot. Need to check in on Wall Street? Listen to Heard on the Street and stay one step ahead of the headlines only on WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now it's time for financial advisor Paul Pagnato to take our fun financial quiz. You ready, Paul? I'm ready. All right. What's the best financial advice you ever received? Um, think long-term, buy and hold. like it. Worst financial advice you ever heard? Um, sell your winners. Mm. Fill in the blank. Money can buy. Uh, quality of life. Fill in the blank. Money can't buy. Uh, relationships. True. If you want a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it? I would invest it. <laughs> Spoken like a true financial <laughs> advisor. I like it. Eating your own cooking. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. 
Thank you, Veronica. I much appreciate it. You're welcome. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast or become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and now look for us on Google Play Music app on Android devices. Thanks for listening. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.